Father, thank you so much for this time we have together. We celebrate freedom in Christ Jesus today. We look to you for the power of your word and the power of your spirit to speak to our hearts today. And Lord, we give you the praise and the glory for it's in Jesus' name and everyone nodded. Amen. In Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has redeemed us. Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse, the doom of the law, and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us for it is written in the scriptures cursed is every one who hangs on a tree or who is crucified so jesus is our blessed redeemer he paid the ultimate price for our deliverance and for our freedom from any kind of bondage his precious blood was shed for you and for me. And his blood is more than enough for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Thank God he purchased our eternal redemption. We are eternally redeemed. We are not temporarily redeemed. We have been delivered. We are being delivered and we yet shall be delivered. Eternal redemption belongs to you and to me. In Ephesians 1 7 it says this, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by our misdeeds and not just barely free either abundantly free amen ff bosworth said this that jesus christ went to the cross spirit soul and body to redeem mankind spirit soul and body and so we know this that salvation is all-inclusive it not only uh, secures our redemption from sin, but it brings deliverance from sickness. It brings deliverance from oppression. It even brings deliverance from lack. And it also makes us the safest of the safe in this area. Glory to God. Because salvation includes preservation. Salvation includes safety. Why? Because we're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. We're abiding under the shadow of El Shaddai. We are declaring of the Lord. He is our refuge. He is our God. He is our strong tower. In Him we put our trust and in Him we are confident. Praise God. And because you and I have made the Lord our habitation, even the Most High, our dwelling place, we declare that no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling, for He has given His angels charge over us, and they are keeping us in all of our ways. And with long life, He's going to satisfy you. With long life, He's going to satisfy your family, and He's going to show us His salvation, His deliverance, and His healing. Somebody nod. <coughs> <laughs> Woo, glory to God. <laughs> In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus went into the synagogue and he stood up for to read from the scroll of Isaiah. And he said these golden words, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. 
And then he closed the book and he sat down and he looked him square in the eye and he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. In other words, if you will believe that I am anointed and if you will have faith in the power of God, you do not have to be broken hearted anymore. You do not have to be blind anymore. You do not have to be downtrodden anymore because I am here to lift you out of anything and everything the enemy has brought into your lives. Glory to God. So he is anointed and he's the same yesterday, today and forever. In Malachi 3.6, he says, I am the Lord your God and I don't change. I'm telling you folks, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. When you see Jesus in the Gospels, you see that He is alive today. He's moving today through His church, the body of Christ. And He's rising up with healing in His wings. Amen? He's given us victory over viruses and infectious diseases. That's COVID. Christ over viruses and infectious diseases. He's giving us victory over racism in this nation. He's given us victory over disunity. The Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. But you and I are here, glory to God, to bridge that gap, to pray and to believe, to see God show up and show out in the USA. And somebody nodded. Woo! Glory to God. So free means to be liberated. To be liberated from the bondage or restraints or from the power of another. It means independence. It means that we are exempt from the control of another. Now, don't show your hands, but if you've ever been in jail, you know how good it is to be set free that next day. I was in a drunk tank in Minneapolis, Minnesota for one night. But when the sun came up, I was so glad that my friends set me free. Well, many of us were in jail, spiritually speaking. But there came a day when we called on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the sun came in and we began to say and to sing, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Somebody nod, amen. So we may not have been in a physical jail, but every one of us were in bondage. Every one of us were imprisoned to sin and its effects. How many of you know that living with a broken heart is very much like being in prison? Living oppressed and not able to face your future with confidence and faith is like living in a prison. Any person that will trust God is a candidate and is in position to receive the anointing that is on Jesus. I'm telling you, He loves us. He loves you. Right now, in your current situation, He's there. He said in His Word that He would never leave us nor forsake us. Now, in John chapter 10, in verse 1, it says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. I want you to keep that scripture up here just for a moment. 
I see three things that are very important for us to see. Number one, He is our shepherd. He is our good shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. Number two, He knows His sheep by name. As a matter of fact, He's got all the hairs of our head numbered. In the book of Isaiah, one translation says that He has tattooed a picture of us on the palm of His hands. What a God we serve. What a great shepherd we serve. He is the bishop and the overseer of your soul. He's our good shepherd. He knows our name. He's not forgetful like some people are. When we go to the throne of grace, he's not going to say, hmm, now, who, who is that? Oh, yeah, that's Caleb. No, he doesn't have to think about it. He knows you. He knows our name. But notice this. And he also leads us out. Oh, I love that. He leads us out. Out of what, Pastor Mark? Out of whatever we need leading out of. He'll lead you out of sin into righteousness. Out of darkness into light. Out of death into life. Out of lack into abundance. Why is that? <clears throat> because quite frankly, when he hung on that cross, who for the joy that was set before him, you and I were on his mind. He endured what he endured because he loved you and I. Your freedom is extremely important to him. We are on his mind. He is thinking about us day and night. He is our intercessor. He is our high priest. He is our advocate. He is our shepherd. He is the lily of the valley. He is the bright and morning star. And he loves us with an eternal love. And he has eternally redeemed each and every one of us. Now in Colossians chapter 1, you guys are listening so good. You're in the speed class. Not amphetamine, speed. You're quick, you're bright, you're sharp, you're good looking, you're very rich, and you're a major blessing, right? Colossians 1 says this, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now notice this with me. Jesus has provided for you and I a table. And on this table is a full spread. On this table is your full inheritance. Oh, that's good news. And what he wants us to do is he wants us to partake. He wants us to enjoy what he has provided for us. Now, the difficulty is sometimes he has problems, trouble getting his children to come to the table because they don't think they're worthy. They, I got news for you. In your flesh, you ain't worthy. Your flesh, your righteousness is as filthy rags. But we're not talking about our flesh. We're not talking about our righteousness. We're talking about His righteousness that He has imputed unto you and I. And because we're the righteousness of God in Christ, we can stand before the presence of God as if sin never existed before without a sense of guilt or inferiority. No way, no how. And the table is spread. So he says to his children, come and dine. Come and dine. Oh, the table is set. Oh, man. Now, it's great to know that we have an inheritance. Now, wouldn't you want to know if someone left you 
$50,000, wouldn't you want to know how you could get it? Wouldn't you want to know how you could access that $50,000? Absolutely. And it would be a bummer if you couldn't get access to it. Well, I just dropped by to tell you this morning that through Jesus Christ, you and I have free access granted to the vast resources of heaven. And the entrance code is Jesus' name. Now notice this with me. He is our good shepherd. He knows us by name. And he brings us out. Look at Colossians 1.13. It says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I like that. We've been delivered out of darkness. That's awesome. But it didn't stop there. He also translated us into his kingdom. We have changed. Have you noticed when you got saved, you changed? Have you noticed when you got saved, you changed dancing partners? Have you noticed when you got saved that there are things that you really like to do that you don't like to do so much anymore? I'm telling you, when Jesus comes into your heart, it ought to make a difference. He changes us from the inside. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Some of my friends, when I got born again, some of my friends who I used to do heroin and drugs with, once I got saved, they looked at me and they said, you look 30 years younger. Oh, glory to God. You know, Jesus makes a difference when you come into his family. He will change you on the inside, but it'll change your countenance. He will renew your youth just like the eagles. You are new creations in Christ Jesus. We don't have the same desire as we used to. Amen. Somebody says, well, I do. Well, maybe you need another dip. Maybe you need to get baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire so the fire of God can burn some of that junk out of you. I'm just saying. Now, let's move on. We've changed positions. We've changed locations. We're in a new kingdom. We are in a new realm. We have a new place of residency. I love what Brenda says. She says it this way. We're on Facebook Live last week. And she says it this way. We've moved from condemnation corner to righteousness road. We have moved from broke boulevard to prosperity place. We have moved from disease drive to healed avenue. And I think we ought to celebrate that. But I don't think we ought to celebrate that just when we feel good and just when things look good. I don't think we ought to be giving thanks to God just when everything's all bright and sunny. I'm telling you, in the midnight hour, you can sing praises and pray to God and you can live a lifestyle of thanksgiving and that thanksgiving will position you for your full inheritance in Christ Jesus. How many of you know the Holy Ghost? How many of you love the Holy Ghost? He is the third person of the Godhead. We never refer to the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost as an it. We refer to him as a person. He is very personable. And the Bible encourages you and I to develop koinonia 
or rich fellowship with him. The Holy Spirit wants to show us things to come. He wants to reveal to us truths from the word and truths for our personal life that we need to see. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. The Spirit of God lives inside of me. And one of the things that the precious Holy Spirit does, He brings an emancipation into our lives from anything that would hold us down in the natural realm. Look at this scripture. It says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's liberty. There's liberty. There's freedom. There's emancipation. There's emancipation. (laughs) from bondage and there is absolute freedom the spirit of the Lord is in you just point to yourself just say very quietly to yourself the greater one lives on the inside of me hallelujah no wonder Isaiah said no weapon formed against you is going to prosper why? because you've got the precious Holy Spirit to comfort you, to counsel you, to strengthen you. He is your standby. And He brings freedom continuously into our lives. Amen? Amen. Now, since Christ has set us free, and we don't want to be judgmental about this, because how many of you know that you can be free one day and the next day be slapped back into bondage by yielding to the wrong thing? And it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, whether you've been a Christian 40 or 50 years or three days. The enemy walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, our attitude should be, he may not devour me. He may not devour me because the greater one is living in me. But the question I want to ask is, since Christ has set us free, why aren't more Christians living out their freedom why aren't more christians accessing this inheritance of freedom well i want to read to you several translations from galatians 5 and verse 1 it says here stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith christ has made us free no sense of trying to be free when he's already made you free And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The NLT says it this way. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. And don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. So we see that emphasis is to stay free. And then in the NIV it says it this way. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free... Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In other words, once you've been set free, it is our responsibility to stick with it and to stay free. And then in the Amplified, it says this, In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered or held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. 
So we see here that it is our responsibility. It is the plan of God and it is the will of God for us to stay free. Now notice with me in John chapter 8, verse 31 and verse 32. Here is a major key for you and I to stay free, to enjoy what he has provided. John 8 says this, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed in him, If you continue in my word. That is a condition right there. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know what? You shall know the truth. And here's what the truth will do. The truth will make you free. Not only will the truth make you free, but the truth will keep you free. Now, it was in 1975, in the month of March, when I was in a treatment center in Wilmer, Minnesota, and I had been off of drugs for a few months, but I was like that little cat hanging in there just to tell it's about Friday. I mean, I was still miserable. I was having bad days. I was having down days. I was having depressed days. But one day, an evangelist came to town and had a crusade in the high school gymnasium. And I heard the gospel for the very first time. Or I was positioned to hear it for the first time. I grew up a certain denomination and everything just kind of went over my head. But that night, something happened to me. I heard the good news. And when the altar call was given, I walked to the front and I gave my heart and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. He came into my heart and he set me free. And I went back to the treatment center that night. And in treatment centers back in those days, you had ex-cons, you had people from prisons, you had farm guys that were just, you know, got busted for a DUI. We were all in there together. But they were all still doing drugs, all smoking pot on the sly. So I walked in back into the cottage and I made this announcement, I have been born again. And they looked at me with their little marijuana, squeaky, skinny little eyes and said, yeah, and you'll probably be a preacher too. <coughs> and they were right. Glory to God. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. But even though I was saved, and even though I was filled with the Spirit a couple weeks later, there was still this nagging thing of my past. Sometimes it was like a video playing over and over and over again of what had happened in the past and what I had done in the past and friends that had overdosed and died in the past. All of this torment was still in my life even though I was saved and even though I was filled with the Spirit. But one day the misingredient came on the scene. And you know what it was? It was revelation knowledge of the Word of God. It was the truth that I saw, that I was no longer the old Mark. I was now the new Mark, a new creation in Christ Jesus. That I no longer had to feel guilty about my past because He made me the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that Word started setting me free. And the more I saw, the freer I got. And the freer I got, the less torment I had. Now, you see, for me, it was a process. The Bible talks about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, not by the removal of your mind, by the renewing of your mind. And so day by day and little by little, as the truth would get on the inside of me, I saw more light 
You know what that light did? That light began to dispel darkness. It dispelled discouragement. It dispelled the torment of the past. Oh, thank God for it. And I was involved in AA, and I was involved in NA for a number of months, for a long time. And I thank God for NA, and I thank God for AA, but I started seeing some things that were really helping me. I started seeing things in addition to those things which really contributed to my freedom. And I went to my friend who is an apostle. His name is Jim Caseman. He was my pastor at the time. And I said, Brother Jim, I'm seeing some things here. I'm seeing the reality of my redemption. And it's taken hold of me. And it's changing the way I think. It's changing the way I see myself. It's changing the way I talk. It's changing my life. And you know what, Jim? I don't think I need AA right now. I don't think I need NA anymore. But he pointed his finger at me and he said, okay. He said, but you make sure you stick with the truth. You make sure that you apply the truths that you're hearing and that you're getting. And I tell you what, 45 years later, I'm just as on fire as I've ever been. The truth that set me free is keeping me free by the grace of God. And this is what the Bible says to us. The Word of God is truth. We are to live in it. We're to abide in it. We're to let this Word dwell in us richly. In the message translation, it says, Then Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in Him. He said, If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you're my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourself the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, there's something about a good meal. You know, hearing somebody go, mmm, and ah, ooh, that tastes good in the kitchen. I mean, hooray for their side. But I want to get right in there in the kitchen with them and eat out of the same pot. You see, the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. God wants us to experience freedom for ourselves. And freedom comes on the wings of truth. So he says, stick with it. Don't try it for a week or two. Live it out. Allow it to become a lifestyle. Not just what other people hear about it or talk about it, but you come to a place where you say it's mine and you become acquainted and you know with truth the freedom that Jesus gives. Are you here today? John eight thirty six says this. If the Son liberates you, you are truly free men. Then you are really and unquestionably free. Listen to this very carefully. Continuous freedom then comes from continuing in the Word. It comes from abiding in Him. It comes in rich fellowship and relationship with Him. Now I love the Passion Translation. If you don't have the Passion Translation, you need to get it because it is rich. You can get it online. But the Passion Translation of Galatians 5.1 says this. Let me be clear. Have I been clear today? Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free. Not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Now I know that many of us in the flesh have some stubborn attitudes. And uh, the wives silently said amen 
lot of people can be stubborn about a lot of things. But as Christians, we need to turn the tables on that. And we need to use that stubbornness to enforce Satan's defeat. Staying with the freedom wherewith Christ has set us free.